0: fashion questions on each episode we ask a different question to retail insiders about the fashion industry this is where they share their views and insights brought to you by hive the group's fashion portfolio includes Moda and spring and autumn fair pure london and source fashion stay tuned Welcome to Fashion Questions. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, active wear refers to clothes that are worn for sports and other physical activities. This type of clothing is designed to absorb sweat, keeping the body temperature moderate, and it tends to be very comfortable and lightweight. People are wearing active wear not only for physical activities that improve their well-being, but also as casual clothing. According to a report by FutureMarketInsights.com, the activewear market is expected to expand from 421.2 billion U.S. dollars in 2022 to 779.9 billion in 2032. Fashion questions: Why activewear is still going strong? This is what we're going to find out. I'm Lina Vash, content editor at Hive, and with me in the studio is Kate Nightingale, consumer psychologist and founder of Humanizing Brands, a behavioral retail consultancy.
1: Good afternoon, Lena. Thank you very much for inviting me here. It's amazing.
0: How do you see the impact of COVID in the activewear market? So certainly we have to look at uh, what has been happening from
1: the beginning, right? So um, the behaviors changed, um, our lifestyle changed every day. And obviously people adopted wear as something that made them feel comfortable and safe, right? So we very often kind of connect that type of clothing subconsciously with Certain levels of comfort with uh, time that we spend at home, but also with uh, with a strong level of energy and positivity, because obviously more of it has been at least pre pandemic used specifically for exercise and obviously exercise, um, you know, release serotonin and endorphins and everything else. So it's all, you know, those gorgeous kind of hormones and neurotransmitters that make us lovely, happy and, you know, and excited about life, right? So needless to say, considering the levels of stress and anxiety that we all have been experiencing and more importantly, the strong uncertainty that uh, was surrounding the, the COVID pandemic and the continuous changes to the lifestyle that we did not have any choice or control over, uh, frankly, needless to say, not a surprise that people adopted active wear outside of the exercise regime. However, what we have been obviously seeing, um, even if you you know if, if you look at research, but also if you look just at the people in the streets. That has started slowly changing. Now, the question is how brands will adopt versus, you know, how customers will adopt. Because obviously customers are coming back slightly to their kind of previous routines, such as, going back to the office here and there, Um, you know, yes, okay, we might wear active wear to the shop, but maybe we don't want to, maybe we want to look a little bit more glamorous to the shop even. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, so some of those older behaviors are coming back and still you do see outfits that are connected with some, at least one active wear item, but it's becoming less and less. Now, it does not necessarily mean that an active wear will go away. What it more means is how the brands need to kind of follow what's going on and the behaviors and how do they need to adapt accordingly going forward.
0: So do you think there is a psychological effect of wearing activewear? Do people tend to feel healthier or is it just more comfortable?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Everything, yes. Now, that needs to go back to a concept from psychology called enclosed cognition. Um, so it's a very sort of newish. It's about the first time it was actually named was uh, 10 years ago um, by Adam and Galinsky. There were two researchers that published um, a study in 2012 where they basically uh, showcased that whatever we were uh, the same way as everything else in our world, every color, every texture, every sound, every smell, everything else has an array of subconscious associations attached to them. And those subconscious associations are being released automatically in our brain as soon as we're exposed to that item, to that stimulus, right? And then they influence how we feel, how we make decisions, how we behave. And what the researchers have realized that, okay, so if that happens for everything else that we have in our life, including... For example, positions of our body. So they looked into research and they looked at the concept called, called embodied cognition. So, embodied cognition concept basically indicates that there are certain positions of our body and we associate uh, subconsciously various concepts ideas emotions and everything like that uh, with those positions of the body so the best example is the superman pose where you're kind of holding your hands on your hips and put your head up high and you're standing there you're supposed to feel more confident and whatever else and it does work now it's not from zero to hundred more confident it's about from zero to five maybe ten that's maximum Uh, you know it's a small change but it is a change so the researchers grabbed that and they were like okay so if i can put my body in a position that makes me do something better it makes me feel better in some way can it also be the same principle that if I activate certain subconscious association with my clothing can it make me feel a certain way or behave a certain way or make decisions better and this is exactly what they've studied so what they have done is that They had three groups of people uh, doing tests on selective attention, so basically how very attentive to detail you are, and on sustained attention, so how long you are able to focus on a task. And uh, one group just had the normal clothing, another group had a white coat uh, being given, but they said uh, they were told it belonged to a painter that finished painting a room next door. And the main experimental group had the lab coat, basically the same white coat, but they were told it belonged to a scientist that worked in a laboratory next door. Obviously, the people in the white scientist lab coat performed much better on those tasks regardless of their natural cognitive abilities. Wow. This is how it works. Every one of us has that amazing jacket or something else, and it's exactly the same thing. Because we need comfort and because we need that power and strength and we associate both of those concepts with active wear, we will continue reaching for it even if we need to have it destructured so it looks like a jacket for the office. And that's an- another point how brands need to adapt later for that.
0: And do you think people are really becoming more active or is wellness just a trend?
1: depends my favorite answer to every question is it depends (laughs) now in human behavior there's never anything that it's yes or no or exactly it's not gonna work or it will work Um, there will be definitely certain groups of people that will take up the wellness trend as a more sustained behavior and there will be those that will more do it as a trend as an aspect of a peer pressure but there is some smaller evidence for the fact that we're definitely taking care of our overall well-being. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean exercise per se. It could mean taking a longer walks. It could mean investing in spirituality. But there's certainly that you know that trend isn't really a trend. It's more of a choice behavior. By, you know, by most of the customers. Uh, And obviously, we are seeing that in retail brands and how they kind of extending their product portfolio, whether that's, you know, in including an active wear or whether it's including, you know, a set of candles, um, it doesn't matter. So that will continuously increase. But it's more about the symbolism and the meaning that you're going to take over that active wear. Because for one group of customers, that could be more to do with really sweating it. And for another group of customers, it could be more about meditating, but they might choose to meditate in a yoga gear. Um, So it's more about kind of how you frame it uh, and what story you build around that product that can reach a different type of consumer with a different definition of well-being in their life.
0: And in terms of sustainability, Activewear does have a lot of products made with recycled plastics. Where do you think retailers could go the extra mile and innovate even further?
1: Oh, my goodness. Don't start me on that. I love that subject. Now, there is this uh, field of science called biomimicry. Um, So biomimicry basically um, looks into the nature and um, things like natural processes uh, and how, for example, some animals or plants are created, their unique materials or the particular strength and things like that. And either entirely mimics that process or gets it to inspire a particular material design or a particular process design or, you know, or some kind of mechanism that you're creating and whatever else. And there's so many really cool pieces of Um, you know, of materials and forms of, for example, dissolving plastics and polyester by bacteria or by mushrooms or whatever. And there is leather from mushroom and there is something else. I'm not even going to start talking about most natural materials like hemp, for example, which have historically been, um, you know, uh, been sort of disregarded over the last, I don't know how many decades and started slowly for the last few years coming back. But if you kind of really looking for something that truly will, you know, differentiate your brand, I do definitely recommend looking into some really cool work that the scientists around the biomimicry are doing.
0: Is there a difference in active wear popularity depending on location or is it generalized i believe there
1: sh- should be in some statistics showing some differences now simply for the fact that particular locations particular um you know for example regions um or even if you just look at london in which we are Uh, there will be different subcultures in each little kind of, you know, borough of London, uh, in each little regions. Um, And needless to say, our choices of how we dress are also going to be dependent on our, you know, social structures in which we exist and in which we sort of need to showcase ourselves. So there will definitely be some forms um, of difference in that. But I would be less inclined to look at it by the age or by the gender because a lot of that, especially in Western countries and definitely in UK, has been... Uh destructured and redefined completely over the last you know at least 10 years so what normally a 21 year old would wear um, a 60 year old very comfortably wears uh, no issue it's more about their mindset and their kind of you know culture in an area and their sort of internal um, psyche uh, that they you know that they are adopting less so necessarily are uh, the differences but you will definitely see some basic differences uh, in the types of brands that particular regions would be much more or less likely to adopt, um, in types of products that you know that would be much or less likely to be bought. You know, I'm not even talking about basic price or anything like that. That that's just obvious. Uh, you know, those kind of items. Um, but certainly, you know, looking at the much more sort of cultural influences in particular social groups that you're targeting would be much more effective and can also allow you to create a much more unique um, sort of differentiations in those social groups. Because if you, for example, looking at, you know, at young teenagers in disadvantaged areas, uh, they love active wear, sportswear and, you know, and wear and as part of their, um, you know, their identities but they are so smart about it. And their, you know, their particular unique social groups and subcultures within that area will adopt a particular brand or their specific collections as part of their identity claims. So it's really, you know, you can really kind of create some amazing impact socially and ethically if you also kind of work with understanding of those kind of smaller cultures within certain social groups and that's you know that that's when you also can really kind of catch them and get them much more engaged with that brand and much more loyal
0: and in terms of consumer behavior how do you see activewear evolving in the future oh my goodness what haven't we covered already
1: (laughs) um well, um, there's definitely going to be more personalization. Um, I do certainly want to see much more to do with uh, things like made-to-order, uh, or some at least forms of product personalization, um, or things like three D printing of products or growing them in laboratories. If it's, for example, grown out of mushrooms or you know or bacteria or something else, because that. It's already possible and those things are already happening in lots of different forms of design. So, um, you know, but at least some, um, you know, some basic kind of aspects of personalization, that's key. Like whoever we're speaking to, whatever we're doing at the moment, whatever retailer, um, you know, we even sort of uh, developed a personalization retail uh, report that we launched recently there is so much work uh that we need to put in terms of personalization and that's across the whole brands not just in product development uh and not just product that's also inspired and taking care of the planet but also has social and ethical impact those are hygiene factors for customers that that is that we don't care about paying premium as a customers anymore for that it is given sustainability social ethical impact it's given that's absolute hygiene factor but on top of that i want it made for me i want it personalized entirely for me i want you to change the color um you know if i can have a lipstick being made for me while i'm waiting why can't i have the leggings done ah uh, uh, excuse me who said that it's not possible it has been possible like 15 20 years ago Like, I remember it had been superbly innovative something like 10 or so years ago in Shoreditch, there was this knitwear store that basically had a knitting machine. You kind of pressed the stuff on, you know, on the screen. You designed your sweater. 20 minutes later, the sweater is out. I'm like, it's not really a rocket science and you haven't paid millions for that sweater. It was... Still reasonable pricing.
0: Do you think that's the future? Because in social media, there's a lot of user-generated content. Do you think that could be adopted by brands where you have user-generated fashion, for instance?
1: Oh, yeah, it's already happening when you look at virtual fashion, for example, right? So, um, you know, so we want that and we want things that are also unique for us. Why do you think people love NFTs so much? I'm like, you know, because it's mine. It's only mine. No one can have it, but I can still showcase it everywhere, you know, and everyone can see it, even if they don't know me at all and they just a follower or they just follow a hashtag. doesn't matter, uh, you know, so it's like all that stuff is there. And also think about it sustainability wise, you know, planet wise cost wise for you as a brand i'm like which one do you think it makes more sense producing hundreds of thousands you know of the same thing throwing out 80 percent of that because that's what the manufacturers you know those are in the minimum quantities very bad sustainable impact so we have deserts full of clothes that no one is using from all the big brands you know uh And then a customer still doesn't want to buy it. There's nothing unique about that product. And uniqueness is one of the key currencies right now for any individual. Um, And, you know, there is nothing that's in any way socially uh, impactful. Don't even start me on a, you know, on a fair, uh, fair wages for the workers, which is obviously one of the biggest kind of campaigns and protests right now happening in fashion. It's all of that, you know, can be solved and it it benefits both sides. Okay, I do appreciate there is a certain aspect of the volume of certain businesses, but honestly, volume-based businesses, it's an old-fashioned business uh, strategy and business models. If you haven't already started looking at new business models and new streams of revenue as as a brand, I'm sorry, but you're way, way behind. We've already had enough of administrations in retail. Can we like, you know, keep up a little bit.
0: Thank you so much, Kate. That's wonderful. And thank you for listening. Stay tuned.